Come on. Well, happy Easter. He is risen. Christ is risen. Jesus is alive. And we are gathered. Although we're scattered all over the place, we are gathered to turn our hearts and our minds toward him to celebrate the greatest story that has ever been told. And it's the story of Jesus who was crucified but was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are so thankful that you are with us today. Thank you for taking time on this Easter Sunday morning to gather with us from wherever you are. Now, I've been watching a little bit social media and all the different things that are going on. And one of the things that I've loved reading is this truth that Easter is not canceled, right? Easter is not canceled. And I believe and we believe with everything that we are that this year, could be the greatest declaration of the gospel that has ever been proclaimed. That the gospel and the story of Jesus is going to be told in more households around the world, yours included. And that is good news, my friends. And like I said, we are so thankful that we are gathered with you today. Uh, now, we are a church. McDowell is a church. We're a community that is following Jesus and we're learning to love. And even though we're scattered in this time, we are a community. Listen, we love you, I love you, I miss you so much. I can't wait till we gather together, but I'm so thankful for the technology that continues uh, to connect us. Even though we are not in the same building, we are united with our spirits, our hearts, and our minds. If it's your first time to gather with us, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a safe place. It's a safe uh, community for you to both take steps of faith and also explore faith. So no matter where you are and where you come from, you're in a safe place this morning. Thanks so much for being here. If you've been here for 10 years, welcome back. It's so good to have you with us as well. Now, as a community, we like to get to know each other. So I'm going to ask you to do three things for me. And uh, you got to take a risk and just kind of jump in. We're going to ask you to do that a couple times this morning. But on your right, there is a chat board. We would love to know your name, where you're watching from, and we want to know what your go-to candy is for Easter this morning. What is your go-to candy for Easter this morning? And I'm wondering, what kind of candy do we like in this room? Jake, you got a go-to candy that you enjoy? Peeps? Does it matter what color? The, the original yellows? You like the original yellows? Okay, Peeps is not bad. I like Peeps. What else we got? Anything else? Oh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Now that's close. That's close. The eggs, the Reese's eggs, which I think are the most popular because they're the best. They include both peanut butter and chocolate. So we hope you're uh, gathered with some people. We hope that you might have some, some candy there with you. Like I said, that chat board over to your right is the best place to connect with us. Let us know who you are, where you're watching from, and then just stick with us. We're gonna be walking through a journey together as we turn our hearts and our minds toward Jesus. We're gonna sing some songs this morning. Uh, we're gonna open up God's word and read some stories, and we're gonna uh, tune in to really the greatest story that's ever been told and why it makes a difference in our lives. And like I said, I'm so thankful that you're here today. Now, a, a big statement that I wanna make, and uh, sometimes we might get tired of me saying this because I say it all the time, but uh, this Easter, it's so true. If you miss Jesus, if we miss Jesus this Easter, we miss everything. I mean, Jesus is at the center of the Easter story. And as, uh, as I said, Easter is not canceled. They tried to do that a couple thousand years ago. It didn't really work. Easter is not canceled. Jesus is at the center of the story. He was then and he is today and he forever will be 
the center of the Easter story. So if you miss Jesus this morning, you miss everything. And uh, one of the passages of scripture that I want to begin with is this. It's in Jesus that we find out who we are and what we're living for. It's in Jesus. We find in Jesus who we really are and what we're living for. And long before we first heard of Jesus and we got our hopes up, Jesus had his eye on us. Now, I love that. Paul's writing to the early Christians, and he's saying, you know, long before we ever knew anything about Jesus, Jesus knew about us. And I don't know where you are in your faith journey today. Uh, maybe you haven't even thought about Jesus. Maybe you, you've, you've never really given any thought to who God is. And I want you to know that God has his eye on you. He's been pursuing you. And maybe this Easter is the time that you find new life in him, which we're praying for. We're so, like I said, we're so thankful that you're here wherever you are in that journey. It's in Jesus that we find out who we are and what we're living for. And long before we knew anything about him, he had his eye on us. Now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the bottom line for the morning. Now, I hope you'll stick around with us and, and journey with us, but I'm going to give you the bottom line. And the bottom line this morning, and I think the truth of Easter, declares to us that, it is, that, that, that God is much more interested in a relationship with us than he is religion from us. Through Christ, we learn that God was much more interested in entering into the world to journey with us, to be with us, so that we might know him and his love. He's much more interested in a relationship with you than he is religion from you. And that is good news. We don't have to jump through any hoops. We don't have to earn our way back to God because God has entered into our world through the person of Jesus so that he might know us and journey with us. Now, what I want to do is I want to tell you three stories as we walk through some different songs and times together. And in these three stories, I believe we'll discover once again how interested God is in relationship with us. Again, not about religion, about some sort of personal relationship, God wanting to be with us and walk with us. And the first story I want to tell you is the story of a woman named Mary, Mary Magdalene. And scripture tells us that Mary, uh, there, there's some debates among scholars about Mary's past and who she was. What we do know is she was a close companion to Jesus, that she was with the disciples oftentimes, that she kind of journeyed with Jesus. She believed Jesus was sent from God. She was there when, when Jesus was crucified. And the morning, the first Easter, that morning, she made her way back to the tomb. And as I was thinking about that story and reading that story once again, I was wondering, you know, what, what was Mary doing as she headed back to the tomb? What, what, was, what was in her mind? Why did she go to the tomb that morning? And maybe she went with some spices to, to perform some, some ritualistic things that they would have done in that day. But I know that she went with a, with a broken heart. And I know that, that when, when Mary went to that tomb, she was full of pain and sadness and probably a lot of questions, wondering why uh, this, this man that she believed God had sent to change the world, why he was crucified. I, I believe she went to say goodbye to a dream. Her dream had died. Um, I, I, I believe that in life, we all, can, we all can identify with that, that there are certain dreams that we've had Moments where, where we, we feel this deep sadness and where we're saying goodbye to something that we believed was, was what God had given us for life. 
And what's interesting about this story is, is that, that Mary comes and she stoops and she looks in, in the grave and Jesus is not there and she's crying, she's weeping and she's wondering where did they take him, where did they put him? And she turns around and, and Jesus is there. But she doesn't, she doesn't recognize him. She thinks he's the gardener. And she says, oh, if you'll just tell me where you took him, I'll, I'll go get him. And, and Jesus speaks one word to her, her name in this moment and and everything changes for her he looks at her and he says mary and she looks at him and and the scripture says that she turns to him again now she's already turned to him the the scripture already used this phrase that she turned toward the gardener but it says it again that she turned to him and i believe this is her placing her trust and her faith in a new way in jesus And because of that, everything changes. See, God doesn't leave us alone in our moments where we think everything is lost. Like like Mary. Like God enters in and he speaks to us as we open our, our, our ears and our hearts and our minds. We hear Jesus step into the sadness of our life and redefine our future. And that's the story of Easter. And that's the story that we sing about. So, Father God, we as, we, as we turn our hearts and our minds back and we remember this, this resurrection encounter, we pray that we would also have that kind of encounter with you. We pray that you would redefine our future. We pray that we would understand that, that nothing is impossible with you. And God, I pray that wherever we are, that we would once again place our trust and our faith, that we would turn back to you and in you that we would find life. Thank you for the story of Jesus and the good news of resurrection. In Jesus' name. What an incredible reminder this Easter that that there's nothing that, that our God cannot do. And even when we think all hope is gone, all hope is not gone because all things are possible with him. So the second resurrection story that is one of my favorites in scripture is about two men. And on that Sunday after Jesus was was crucified, they had lost all hope. And scripture tells us that they began a journey to go back home. And it's a seven mile journey from Jerusalem. It's uh, commonly known as the road to Emmaus. And so these two men began on the journey and they are disappointed and they are confused because they thought Jesus was supposed to be the promised one. They, they believed that all, all hope was found in him and now they saw he was crucified and there is now no hope left. So they head home. And as they're walking home on the dirty path, you can imagine they're talking to each other. Like, how could we be so blind? Like, I mean, I thought he was the one. I mean, didn't you think he was the one? Man, I was fooled by that. Now, now what should we do? Well, I guess we just go home and continue life and figure out another plan for what we should put our hope in. So they're journeying. And I love this, that on the journey, Jesus just shows up and begins to journey with them, and they don't recognize him. Like he just enters into the journey with them and begins the walk back to Emmaus alongside them. Now, from our perspective, we look at that and we think, seriously? I mean, how did they not know that Jesus was journeying with them? 
Like, did they not ask the guy who he was, the guy who just started walking alongside them? Now, um, I know this to be true. If you're married, you know this to be true. There's times like you're sitting on your couch and your kids show up and you don't know that they're there and you just continue talking and then all of a sudden you are startled wondering, when did you walk in here? How long, you know, then you ask the question, how long have you been sitting there? Because you don't recognize or realize that they're sitting right there next to you. Well, that's maybe what it was like. The two men journeying back and they're talking about the scriptures. They're talking about Jesus and what was and what could be. And they're disappointed. They're frustrated. They journey all the way back to seven miles and they get close to to home. And Jesus kind of acts like he's going to go on. And they invite him in and say, no, no, it's too late. Just stay with us. Grab something to eat with us. And so Jesus comes in and he sits with them in the normal, ordinary flow of life. In confusion, in disappointment, Jesus sits at the table with them. And I believe this is true today. It's not just something that happened back then. It's something that continues to happen, that Jesus shows up in the normal, daily, ordinary spaces of our lives, especially in our disappointment and our confusion. So Jesus sitting at the table with these men and maybe their families, it says that he takes a piece of bread. The most common thing that would have been on the table, he takes the most common thing and he prays over it and then he breaks it. And as he hands it to them, their eyes are open. In the most common moment, with the most common element, bread being broken, they awaken, their eyes are open to Jesus. And they finish the meal, Jesus disappears, he's gone. They finish the meal and within hours they're headed back to Jerusalem. Like they have received new life because of this resurrection encounter that they had. And one of the phrases that they use is this, didn't our hearts burn within us on that journey back? Didn't we know there was something deeper going on? And I think that's true in our life today, that oftentimes in moments of disappointment and maybe some frustration and some confusion, like God is working in that to bring about something we could never see on our own. And this Easter, as we turn back to that Easter story, that resurrection story of Jesus, I pray that we encounter him in the normal and ordinary moments of our lives, maybe in, even in our confusion. And in our recognizing him in that moment, may we find new life in that moment. May our eyes be open to the light of Jesus. Father God, we thank you for this resurrection encounter in the midst of disappointment and confusion we, we thank you that it's not just about going through some ritual of religion, but it's about a relationship. And so you show up in these moments of our lives. And I pray that you would show up right now in this moment and that you would give us life once again. I pray that we would see your light in the midst of the darkness that surrounds. So the final story that I want us to just kind of walk through and, and, and think about this morning. A resurrection encounter is, is a story about one of Jesus's closest friends, Peter. And it was just about, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago, uh, some of us from, from McDowell were sitting on the shore of Galilee thinking about this story. 
And um, Peter, as you know, one of, one of Jesus' closest friends, on the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested, uh, the next day as he was tried and he was beaten, eventually crucified, three times, three times, Peter denied him. Peter denied even knowing Jesus, his closest friend, in his most painful of moments, Peter denied him. Now, can you imagine that feeling of failing one of your best friends? I mean, maybe some of us can, can imagine what it's like to, to let someone down. But at that level, the, the moment where it feels like their life is slipping away, in that moment, Peter denied Jesus. So I can't even imagine what's going on in Peter's heart and his mind. But you know what he does? He goes fishing. He decides to go back to what he knew, which was fishing. And some buddies went with him, and they're, they're out fishing, and says that they fish for a while. And, and Jesus shows up, another resurrection encounter. Jesus shows up, and you know what he does? He sits on the shoreline and just waits. I love that picture. Like Jesus sitting there, you know, knowing that one of his best friends who's out kind of off the shore fishing, you know, knowing that, that he's failed him, but he sits there and just waits. And when Peter realizes it's Jesus, you know, Peter jumps and gets to Jesus as fast as he can. I, I imagine he was wanting to apologize, and I'm so sorry, I, you know, I can't believe I did that. I don't know what I was thinking, and I mean, maybe he couldn't say anything because he just felt like a total failure, like some of us. And Jesus not only waits for him on the shoreline, he cooks breakfast for him. Like even though Peter had failed him, just like we oftentimes fail one another and oftentimes we fail God, like Jesus still serves him out of this great unimaginable love. He cooks breakfast for him. He sits and he eats around the campfire. And then Jesus asks Peter three questions. It's the same question, just repeated three times. And I think the reason he did this was not to remind him of his failure, but rather to give him forgiveness out of that failure. Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Jesus, do you know that I love you? Feed my sheep. Uh, Peter, do you love me? Jesus, come on, you just asked me this. You know that I love you. Take care of my lambs. Peter, do you love me? And scripture actually tells us that, that Peter was a little frustrated that Jesus had asked him a third time, probably not realizing all that was going on. He'd probably get it a little bit later. Sometimes we're all slow to the party, aren't we? And uh, the third time, Jesus, come on, you know that I love you. Then feed, then feed my sheep. What, what did that even mean? I, I love the thought that in our moments of, of, of coming face to face with our failure, I love the thought that, that God not only meets us there personally in, in this loving, compassionate relationship, but he, he redefines like our purpose for living. Just like that first passage that I read talks about. Like he, he shows us who we are and he gives us our purpose for living. Jesus, I think, was saying to Peter, Peter, don't waste your life fishing. Don't just go back to the way things were. But love people. L love the people that are around you. 
like turn your mind towards a new future. Jesus not only meets us to forgive us, he meets us to give us purpose and passion for this life that he has for us. Because God is much more interested in a relationship than he is our religion. He's much more interested in journeying with us than us just going through the motions of showing up at the right place, the right time, with the right words and the right songs. God wants to know you, and he wants to know me in a personal relationship that forever alters our future. So I want to ask you this morning, where are you in that personal relationship with God? I mean, are you like Mary? You're, you're mourning the death of something that you thought was your future, something that you thought life could be found. Are, are, you, are you mourning and looking for life? Or maybe you're like the, the two men on the road to Emmaus. You're just confused by all that's going on. That's not an unlikely place to be right now in the current circumstances of our world. Confused and frustrated and maybe disappointed with where life has led you to this point. Or, or maybe you're like Peter. Maybe you're, you're, you're just caught in this failure, this addiction, this pattern of living that you just keep coming back to again and again, and you just can't get past it. Listen, I want you to know that the resurrection of Jesus and the good news of Easter is that God does not give up on you in those moments, but he meets you there. Out of his love and his compassion, and maybe you even have intentionally been running from God, God has been pursuing you out of his great love. And I believe if you'll simply turn back to him, you'll open your heart and your mind and you'll simply trust who he is and all that he's done. You will find life more abundant than you can ever find on your own. So we want to ask you to do us a favor. And this might seem strange, but I'm going to ask everybody to do it. Uh, our staff, those who call this their church home, who have been coming for years and years, those who have just been around for the last few months, if it's your first time, I'm going to ask you to do something for us. And I think it'll be mutually uh, beneficial. Uh, I'm going to ask you, by the end of today, if you would go visit mcdowell.church Easter. And there's a little connection card there. That should pop right up. And it's a connection card to let us know that you were here today. That will be super helpful to us. And then it has a little spiritual survey, four boxes, A, B, C, and D. And I think this is important for you. I think you'll find this beneficial in your life uh, to define where you are when it comes to God and his love for you. On the A, you'll find this statement. It simply says, I'm in a real and growing relationship with God based on what Jesus accomplished. And that's awesome. I mean, maybe you've been there for years. Maybe you're new to the faith, but you've been, you've been in this real relationship with God. We celebrate that with you. Just mark A. Under B, it says this, I'm starting a real relationship with God today 
because of Jesus. Maybe all of this is kind of new to you. Maybe you've been going through the motions. You've been going to church for years. Maybe you've even been serving, but you've never considered the idea that God doesn't just want you in these religious habits. He wants you in a relationship. He wants your heart. And so maybe today you would check B and say, I am, I, I'm beginning this relationship. I don't know what all that means and how it's going to go, but I'm going to start a relationship, a personal relationship with God today. And if that's you, we celebrate that. So just check that B box on that online connection card. C says this, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm taking time to consider what a relationship with God might look like, but I'm, I'm not there yet. And I want you to know, if that's you, we value you and we are so thankful that you're here. Even a part of our church, we, we, we've never wanted to build a church that's just for church people. We want skeptics and seekers and saints alike to gather together to be on this journey towards Jesus. So if that's you, if you're like, I'm just not there, I don't know what it fully means, but just, just mark that C box. And I want you to know we're going to pray for you. And then there's a D. And D simply says this, I'm not ever planning to be in a real relationship with God. And you might say, Matt, why would I ever get on, fill this out, and check that box? And I think it's just important to acknowledge where you are. And for us, it's not, it has nothing to do with judgment. Like marking that is just an acknowledgement. You know, I, I just don't plan on having a relationship with God. It's not something I've really thought about, and I, I don't have those plans. And we want you to know that if you check that D, if you're just honest with yourself and honest with us, we want you to know we're going to pray for you. You probably don't care, but we want to pray for you. So where are you in this relationship with God, this personal relationship? I'm going to say a prayer, and we're going to sing one last song together. But I really want to ask you, would you do that for us today? Would you go visit mcdowell.church slash Easter and just fill out that connection card, that spiritual survey? It helps us to plan for the future as well. It gives us some, some things to pray about. We'd just be so thankful and grateful if you'll take the time to do that. So let's pray together before we sing this last song. Father God, you are a God of, of relationship. And you're a God of resurrection. You're a God of joy. And most of all, God, you are a God of love and compassion beyond anything we could ever imagine. And so, God, we pray that you would turn our graves into gardens. We pray that you would bring life where there has been death. We pray that Jesus would speak to us personally, that he would find a home within our hearts and our minds and that he would redefine our future. We pray that resurrection isn't something that just happens in the past, but it happens in the present and into the future forevermore. God, we thank you for the great love you've given us. And God, for those who are beginning a relationship with you today, we pray that you would, we pray that you would show up in a real way, that as they seek you, they would find you. We pray that they would sense your presence with them and that they would hear you speaking their voice, just like Mary did at that empty grave. God, thank you for your great love. Thank you for the message and the truth of Easter. 
and we celebrate that today. We celebrate the life that you bring us from death. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And now, out of his glorious riches, may God give you great power through the Holy Spirit so that Christ might find a home within you and might resurrect your present and future. May he give you life and life abundant. In Jesus' name. Our prayer for you is that you have a great Easter and that you step into that personal, real relationship with the God who loves you more than you could ever imagine. Much grace and peace to you today.